the Jose Show. Jose Show. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Jose Show. I sound kind of nasally, so I'm sorry about that. But uh, we have a very special guest. Uh, this man is a story technician, and he specializes in directing, editing, and color correction. And some of his work, uh, narrative work, includes prologue and long distance. So I'd like to introduce Justin Joseph Hall. Welcome to the show. How are you tonight? I'm pretty good. Thanks for having me, Jose. Thank you. I'm glad you're glad you're here. Um, now, how I met you is um, I have a group uh, on Facebook, and um, it's like a movie base where people talk about movies. And um, I don't really moderate it that much. Um, I just don't have time. And I saw that you joined, and um, so I looked at what it said on the headlines, and or not the headlines, but the uh, the name. And then I just looked at your uh, your four win films. And, you know, I was curious, and that's how I contacted you to, uh, to be on the show. And um, I'm glad, you know, I've, I have a, a diverse uh, people that come on the show from actors, comedians, filmmakers, directors, um, breast cancer survivors, and stuff like that. And, you know, I'm just curious, um, you know, what kind of work people do. And, you know, with, with doing a podcast, you know, there is perks. You know, you sent me the um, screener for um, Prologue. And I did watch it two and a half times. I didn't have time to finish the third time because I was getting ready for the show. And, uh, you know, I really liked it. So Claudia Candia is Italian. And um, I love the accent. And it actually made the film better, in in my opinion. I mean, that's just my opinion. But um, thank you. I mean, it it was cool. Thanks. Yeah. And actually, you know, the accent was something where people were wondering uh, if it would fit. And we changed just a little bit of the script. Uh, Piper, um, the writer, she changed a little bit of the script once we cast uh, Claudia. uh, And we changed the beginning to be those couple lines of dialogue in Italian. And then our lead actor, um, he didn't speak Italian ahead of time, and he learned a couple couple of lines and a few other things from Claudia. So what was funny is when I first watched it, they were speaking the Italian, and I'm like, uh, okay, I do not understand <laughs> any of this. And then you know they started speaking English, and I'm like, wow, <laughs> like okay, glad. You know, I, I'm not crazy about subtitles. Um, there was one movie; it was a zombie movie that had subtitles, and um, you know, it was a train to Busan, and really you didn't need you didn't need to hear anything because you know exactly what was happening so subtitles like that i don't mind but i'm not really crazy about it but i'm learning to watch them you know it is an art i believe when you do subtitles so let me ask you a question how did you get all these actors for this uh, film uh so basically what we did was i'm always looking out for people i live in new york city and there's an ungodly amount of talent here in the city and um every time i go to a show if i like a performance or something i'll write it down and so i have a huge spreadsheet of contacts uh and so as i meet people whenever or whenever they send me their reels i write them down and what we had what we did is once we had the script ready is we asked people to submit tapes and we also you know shouted out on social media um for for actors or anybody to submit but i kind of had ideas of certain people that i wanted on board and then piper also she's a She's actually a playwright, and so she's sort of in the theater world, and she knew a whole bunch of people that also uh, auditioned. So um, they all sent in their tapes, 
we watched the tapes, chose our favorites, and then we had them come in for live ad- auditions. And in some cases, we had them come back twice, uh, depending on the role. That's pretty interesting because I've heard several people that I've interviewed say that, uh, you know, they post it on social media. How come I never see any of this? Because I would love to be in a film, um, even a short. Well, I was in one uh, back in 2012, but um, I would love to be in some of these uh, B movies, you know, that especially here in Florida, they do a lot of filming, but I never see anything. Like, I don't know, like, what am I missing? Yeah, well, I think, well, the movies take like, you know, this one took probably five, six years to make, but often, you know, one at least one to two years to make. So in all that time, you're probably casting for like two months. So that might be one reason is happening in the future. But the other the other thing is go and you got to be in places where filmmakers are. And so like, I know that we were down uh, near you at the Central Florida Film Festival in January, and there's a cool uh, indie community around. So I think it's just making sure you're around other uh, where the filmmakers are, which is mostly just attending film festivals and and meeting people like me. You know. Well, have you ever met uh, Marcus Kempton? Nope. Yeah, he uh he goes around the film festivals here. Wow. Well, the next time you come down this area, if you're close, I live in Zephyr Hills, which is. 30 miles north of Tampa. Um, so if you're ever in that area, let me know. And if I'm able to come, yeah, it'd be cool to meet you sometime. So, you know. Yeah, yeah. That was, I mean, it was a great experience coming down for the uh, CFL, the Central Florida, Senflow, I think they call it, Central Florida Film Festival. That was really cool. Actually, I think it was our first live festival after the pandemic. They were the first ones to um, open up. Open up. It was, you know, very spread out and stuff. That was fun. Now, growing up, um, kind of bring me into how you decided to do filmmaking, um, editing, uh, you know, all the stuff that you do, what, what really made you decide to do that? Well, I think it was, there's like two moments that kind of really got a spark going. One was I saw my dad, uh, my dad worked at Sears and he was uh, in the electronics department and they made a, a video, I think for onboarding staff and he showed it to me and, you know, I love movies that my parents would reward me. You know, if I got good grades or whatever, we go to the movie theater or every Friday we got to pick out one movie and rent it, you know, come home from the local video rental place. Yeah. And uh, so when I saw that he could make it, I was like, oh, my dad can make movies. Even if it was just a short thing for work, I was like, oh, I can make movies too. And then I was just waiting. I mean, we had a camera, but I thought it was old, which it, it was, but I, it would have worked fine. But then my friend invited me over in fifth or sixth grade. Uh, his name was Tyler Thole, and he had an older brother who made movies and stuff. So he's like, come over, we'll make a movie. And then he so made one with him and I just started making them in, in high school and like editing from tape to tape. Uh, not in the way that you're supposed to, but you know, a very janky home version of that. So. <laughs> well, it's funny you said that. Um, I used to go to Sears a lot when I was a kid and you know, most of my clothes were bought from Sears for school. Mm. And I used to have one of those old um, RCA cameras, you know, the real big one you put yeah, the VHS yeah, yeah. tapes in. That's I'll, what we I'll have had. to, I have to send you, um, me and my friend, we did a video back when I was uh, 16 or 17. And, you know, back then I didn't really have, you know, I didn't really have a computer. I think I had a, uh, an old Tandy that you couldn't do much on anyway. And um, there was this machine, um, I think it was called Vid- Videonics or Vid- Viditronics or something okay. like that. And you hooked it up to two VCRs and you could actually edit video. So, and it would give you little cheap graphics and stuff like that. So I edited a video and I called it Nightmares. And, <laughs> you know, for basic filmmaking, it was actually pretty good. And it's on YouTube, so I'll have to send it to you. And, you know, give me your opinion. Hey, you like it? You don't like it? You know, hey, I would love to remake it again, but I'm a little bit older now. So I was like, like I said, 16 or 17. But, um, yeah, that's pretty cool. So, uh, you know, it, it's amazing uh, things that we see um, our parents do 
And then, you know, we end up uh, going to that, like my dad's a carpenter, but I, I didn't really like doing carpentry. <laughs> um, you know, and I started the podcast about a year ago and I really loved video. I just never had a chance. And like I sent you my video earlier, that's, you know, that's my other show. Um, you know, I just yeah, got a yeah. basic uh, editing program. You know, it's nothing big because I, I don't have the money to spend. But um, that's pretty cool how you got your start. Thanks. So, yeah, I would love to see that nightmares. I mean, that's the kind of stuff. I, I saved all my videos from when I was young, too. There's one on our Four Winds website, too, called Pudding Bet. That was, um, well, it's a little documentary that my brother filmed about me eating pudding and stuff it's but it, that's cool that you that you save those as well because a lot of people you know never get those back well hey i'll send it to you you can uh, remake it that'll be cool just give yeah, me the yeah. credit just give me the credit that i gave it to you for sure <laughs> so, <laughs> that would be pretty cool so let me ask you a question how did you meet piper oh piper and i met at a place called market road films and um lynn uh so and it's run by tony gerber and lynn ottage uh who um Lynn Nottage has won two Pulitzer Prize for plays, and and Tony Gerber is a well-renowned uh, National Geographic director. And so both of us were interning. Um, Piper was interning for Lynn as a um, playwright, and I was uh, assistant, well, being an intern editor, assistant editor uh, for one of the documentaries that was in their house and so we met through that and uh, we worked on I think the same project Notorious Mr. Boot or otherwise we just met each other there and we kept in touch and I read her a screen uh, screenplay that she did I asked her to send me some of the stuff that she's working on and I love it it's called Betty Page in the Modern Age and then uh, I'm like let's collaborate on something and so we did and uh, um, and that was prologue that's what came out wow that's that's actually pretty interesting you know it's amazing who you meet um, just along your path and and, you know, you go to film festivals and whatever you do in, in the genre that you're in, that you can meet some amazing people that have good talent. Um, they're creative. And um, that's actually that's pretty cool. So now you said it took you. Thank you. Yeah, Piper's amazing. <laughs> she is. I love the story. Now, you said it took five or six years to film this. So help me understand. OK, when you do a film five to six years is the filming. Do you do it? Like the first, when you do the filming, you do that first, and then it takes the other, say, four years, five years to edit it. Is that how it works? I mean, I know these actors didn't want to be around for five or six years. So explain how that happened. No, so actually, well, so the longest part is definitely the writing. So uh, even though it's a short film, um, I wrote down this idea. Then I met, you know, I showed it to Piper like a year later, and then she started working on it between a bunch of other things. She moved to Tanzania to do... Um, some Peace Corps work. I think it was the Peace Corps uh, teaching and stuff. And so she was writing before and after that. And so that took a long time. And then it took us about, I don't know, like half, half year to a year to cast it. And then um, also I had to get the money. Uh, so that took a little while. And then we actually filmed it in just, we did two days of rehearsal, filmed it in four days. And then doing my, I do a whole bunch of other projects. Uh, I work for in post-production for HBO for a long time, PBS and different, different things. And um, so in between that, we're casting and doing, doing this other stuff. And then we go and shoot it. And then afterwards I couldn't find the time. It took me about a month to edit it. And so it took like nine months. So it's just because going through all of these different processes, if, if I, there would be enough money where I could only concentrate on this and cast and everything, it probably would take three to four months, but because we don't have all the money and stuff and we're independent, it took us about, you know, five to six years instead, just spread it out, you know, trying to raise money and stuff. How much did it cost to actually make this film? This one, actually, I put all my money into it. And it's a uh, um, without marketing, it was about 
thirty, thirty-five thousand uh, dollars with marketing is a little bit more. So, and that is like why it took so long. So, um, I paid for that by doing other projects for other people in film. It's all paid for by other film work. But um, and then we also had a huge Kickstarter. We raised fifteen thousand dollars on Kickstarter. So that was you know almost half of it. Um, but yeah, as yeah, I mean you you can see it in it as we flew out to Yosemite National Park, as I think you can see. I mean, it's right outside of Yosemite National Park in the mountains in the background. Thank you. Wow, that's, man, that's amazing, though. That much money. It's a lot. Film is one of the most expensive art forms, which, uh, you know, sometimes makes me question whether I should have done uh, something <laughs> else, you know, like music or something. But well, I, I noticed it. you play the guitar, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. I love playing. <laughs> I've been playing since I was seven. My mom is a guitar teacher. Or I think maybe I started guitar when I was eight, but uh, music when I was seven. And so she taught me when I was young and I still do it for a pastime. I play it open mic. I play at our holiday mixer every year. We have a kind of a famous holiday mixer where I like Damien Rice songs and stuff. So, <laughs> Oh, that's pretty cool. And with that, we're going to go ahead and take a commercial break. You're listening to The Jose Show on Turfs Up Radio. Attention all veterans. Have you heard about Turfs Up Radio's Jobs for Vets program? If you are looking for a job and you're interested in working in the landscape and snow removal profession, there just might be a company in your local area that is looking to hire. All you have to do is send us your resume at jobsforvets at turfsupradio.com. That's jobsforvets at turfsupradio.com. Turfs Up Radio, your industry, your station. And welcome back to the Jose Show. I am your host, Jose Roldan Jr. And tonight we're talking with Justin Joseph Hall. All right, welcome back. How are you doing? I'm How's doing that? good. Short commercial. <laughs> yeah, it's good. It's good. <laughs> so let me ask you a question. Who's the most famous person you have ever worked with? Oh, it's Dwayne The Rock Johnson. I didn't get to meet him directly, but I mean, he's, I would say, easily the famous. So I worked on this uh, documentary called Rock in a Hard Place. And I think I was the only person on the crew that didn't get to meet him, but um, I met his writer and um, and whatever. But um, this documentary called Rock in a Hard Place, it was my first time that I got to edit something that showed on television. I edited like about 20 minutes of scenes for the film. I wasn't the editor on it, but the assistant editor and the editor, David Manessis, let me do a whole bunch of stuff uh, because I worked really hard and he gave me the opportunity to cut some montages and stuff throughout the film. so that was the first time that I got to, that was easily the most famous person. I don't know if there's a much more famous person uh, in Hollywood right now. So, Dude, that, that is awesome. <laughs> Wayne The Rock Johnson. Oh, it was actually over in Miami that that took place. So, you know, nearby you, that documentary, if you haven't seen it, it's on HBO right now. So What's it called? On HBO Max. It's called Rock in a Hard Place. Rock in a Hard you know? Place. Get All his right. name on that title. <laughs> yeah, let me uh, play this start play this let me write it down yeah uh, miami for me is uh like 45 minutes by plane and maybe six or seven by driving that's not bad i haven't been there yet but we keep planning to go because i got a yeah you know my producing park partner uh ricky rosario uh has got a place down there and a bunch of my fiance's friends and stuff all have stuff down there i have a bunch of other friends that are in the business um i think miami's kind of booming right now you know well, I t- Florida itself, man, is booming with all the films that are being filmed, you know, um, in the area. Um, mm-hmm. That's where really what attracted me. I know years ago um, in Orlando, which is about an hour and 15 when there's no traffic, they were filming the uh, TV series Swamp Thing. And I was going to get on the set to be on it or to be in it to work behind the scenes. And then they said you have to buy your own insurance. And then uh, that's when the breaks went on. Like, you know, I'm just a teenager. <laughs> I don't have the money to buy insurance. 
Um, so it kind of crushed my uh, my film dreams. But like I said, I was back in 2012. I was in a short that was uh, shown at the Alamo Draft House, and um, it was mm. pretty cool. I'll have to send you that one too. Um, I was a little bit bigger back then, and I didn't know I was going to be in the film until the director asked me to. And speaking of film festivals, um, uh, the film prologue is going to be at the New York Latino Film Festival and the Knoxville Film Festival, and it also won two awards at the third oldest film festival, the Manhattan Film Festival. So congratulations on that. That's pretty cool. Thank you. Yeah, the third oldest film festival is actually in Houston. That's World Fest Houston, and the Manhattan Film Festival. We also won Best Short Award. So we went. That that was. Those are the two different ones. It's pretty um uh amazing. And yeah, and it'll be playing at the New York Latino Film Festival uh September eighteenth at five p.m. And that one's actually online. I don't know if this will air soon enough for that to get out, but that's actually available all across the country for anybody that would see it. And then at the Knoxville Film Festival, which I hear sells out all the time. I actually first interned in Knoxville a long time ago, um, one of my first video jobs uh, at Jewelry Television. And uh, so that one's going to be playing um, Saturday, September 18th as well at 5.30 p.m. So, you know, it'll be basically at the same time in different places, you know, on the Internet and in Knoxville. So, oh, that's pretty cool. See, I told you I flub up. <laughs> no, no, it's all good. It's too, it's too. I mean, this film has been in too many, too many film festivals to keep it straight. I have troubles at times too, so it's not a big deal. <laughs> that's that's what happens when you get old. So what? Um, oh, one of the other things I saw the Marcellus Hall artist in the city that was pretty good. I liked. Uh, I like how the guy draws, and that's going to be your new like docu series type thing coming out. That was actually pretty good too. Thank so tell you. me about yeah. that. So that we've been working on for a long time. Marcellus is actually uh, my dad's cousin, my cousin once removed. And uh, he was sort of a mentor when I moved to the city here um, as a creative artist. He's our only creative artist in the family. And so I made this documentary. After a while, I sat down and interviewed him, asked the stories that he told me over the years. And we took he's he's got his archive since he was young. So we got a illustration back from when he was seven all the way to the present day. And uh, the whole thing is told chronologically, visually and through his music. He's also a musician. And um, so what we did is talk from when he when he's seven all the way through 2021 or the present day and uh, talk about his illustration on how he pulls from the city and from his love life and puts it into his illustrations and music. And, uh, you know, he's had publications, uh, you know, sort of, as he says, the holy grail of illustration, the cover of The New Yorker. Uh, he's done Time Magazine, New York Times, Sports Illustrated, almost any kind of magazine that you can think of. He's uh, He's been a part of it and uh, or he's had his stuff published in it. And uh, that's how he makes his living. Children's books. Wow, that is actually pretty cool to be in all those publications. Now, you probably didn't know this, but I am also an artist. Oh, cool. What do you do? Um, if I don't take a bath in three days, I draw flies. <laughs> <laughs> I just had to throw that in there. But no, that's, that's good. pretty cool. That's good. <laughs> um, yeah, I, you know, I wish I could actually draw. I, I can't. Um, it's just something I would love to do. I started practicing drawing, um, but it's it's really hard, especially when you need to do shading where it looks like there's light coming in or, or depth. Um, I just have a hard time doing that. Now, I have a friend of mine that he draws. Um, he's a comic book artist. Actually, I got two friends that do that. And it's actually pretty neat how they draw. They just draw this stuff. And, you know, I wish I could do that. I'm just not that talented. But I'm interested to see that once all of them come out. Now, what do you have next coming down the pipeline? Are you going to be doing a big feature film or another short? Or 
Yeah, actually, we have quite a few things. I'll list a couple of projects. First, that Marcellus Hall thing is actually coming out um, at the end of September. We just found out it's going to be at the Catalyst Story Institute Content Festival in Duluth, Minnesota. Um, and it, it's a place to get uh, where you pitch new media series. And that's perfect for what it is, a short documentary series. Uh, and we're looking to expand it to possibly have other artists uh, who are musicians and and illustrators or sculptors or fashion icons uh, be part of the series. So if you know anybody, write us, you know, at uh, Four Wind Films, you know, add us on social media or whatever, and tell us if you know an artist musician that you think should be uh, featured in your area for the series, uh, let us know. Um, but aside from that, I've been working on this, uh, talking about projects that have been around for a long time. There's a documentary, uh, a feature documentary I've been working on called Frames of Reference. Mm -hmm. And... I've gone to seven different schools around the world. Uh, that's Belarus, um, Burkina Faso, France, Japan, Colombia, uh, two schools in the US. We've spent a week at each of the schools, uh, talked to students, teachers, and administration at each of the schools. And uh, we're doing seven vignettes and traveling around the world. And we sort of ha have a cowboy figure, or cow person figure. Um, <laughs> cow person. Uh, as a voiceover a narrator that'll guide you through the entire experience. And it's going to be sort of an experimental, fun, uh, playful documentary talking about education. And it's about perspective using this focal point of education. So that's oh, wow. like a big project that I started back in 2010, 2011, when I first bought my camera out of college. So, um, that's one. And then we also have, you know, that Betty Page in the modern age that I mentioned earlier with Piper. Yes. We're actually, we've adapted that into a screenplay and we're looking to make that. And then on top of that, the last thing, this is the thing that you'll be able to see even more. Uh, those other uh, frames of reference, you can see the trailer on our website. If you go okay. on the um, upcoming projects uh, at fourwindfilms.com, um, F-O-U-R-W-I-N-D-F-I-L-M-S. Um, if you, if you go check that out, you can see the trailer for that, but also Abuela's luck is a short that I did, uh, with Ricky Rosario. He's a director and producer, and I edited his uh, short film called Abuela's luck that got picked up actually from the same festival that prologue is going to be at, uh, the New York Latino film festival, uh, presented by HBO Warner media. And they picked up Abuela's luck a while ago. And you can see that on HBO max right now, uh, as a short and we're, We've developed that into a feature. Ricky's written it into a feature, and we just are starting to uh, do fundraising for that. And so there's three feature films that might be coming out, plus that other series. I've been working on a lot of different things lately. So Wow, Abuela's luck. That's, um, Abuela is a grandmother in Spanish. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's, that's pretty cool. Wow, you got a lot of stuff coming out. Now, uh, one thing I, I forgot to ask you earlier, where did you come up with the name for your company, Four Winds? Oh yeah, this is, um, it's actually, so I used to have a partner, uh, he left and moved to LA and then I kind of just kept it going. Uh, but his name was, uh, Joe and what he did was, uh, he, we like brainstormed a bunch of names and he, there's this Connor Ober song and I, I still ha haven't found it, but it's something called four wind or something. And so he suggested it and he really liked it and I thought it was cool. And then, uh, and so he actually drew the logo, our four wind logo and, and stuff. So that's how it came up. It's from a Connor Oberst song. Oh, that's pretty cool. I, I, I was thinking four wins from each corner of the uh, the United States. That's where I got it in my head. But no, that's pretty cool, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe that's where Connor got it from. I mean, I don't know. We have to ask him. <laughs> Very creative name. So that's pretty cool. So we're going to go ahead and take one more commercial break. You're listening to The Jose Show on Turfs Up Radio. 
Hey, it's Ryan Lee, host of Lighting for Profits here on Turf Up Radio. I go live every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern. Make sure to set yourself a reminder because I am pulling back the curtain and revealing my top secrets for success in starting, growing, and eventually selling a multi-million dollar landscape lighting business. That's right. Each week, I'll be sharing business advice to help you increase your profits and gain freedom from your business. I have a new guest on each week that also shares their insights and experience in the industry. So set you a reminder now and join me live at Lighting for Profits every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern. And welcome back to the Jose Show. I am your host, Jose Roldan Jr. And we're talking tonight with Justin Joseph Hall. It's been really fun talking to you tonight. So um, if you could actually um, give me your final words, if you have any advice for anybody that uh, wants to get into filmmaking or, and then go ahead, go ahead and share your social media and then I'll take over from that. Yeah. I, I mean, I would say if you want to get into film, contact us, you know, four wind films, you can add us. I'll just say our social media. Now it's at four wind films, F O U R W I N D F I L M S. We're happy. We talk to people who ask us questions all the time. We have a blog, we have a, a podcast called feature in a short that you can check out. That's for filmmakers made by us filmmakers. And, you know, as inspiration on what to do, I think, you know, everybody's creative in different ways, whether it's cooking, whether it's a way that you organize your cabinets or, or whatever. And I think that um, some people say that they're not creative. My fiance says it all the time. And she's one of the most amazing. I mean, she's Italian and she cooks so many amazing things. Um, oh man. And, and so I think that, you know, finding the little places where you're creative every day and celebrating those things is, you know, partially what life's about. And, uh, that's what I get to do making films all the time. But, um, so I hope you guys can come, come out for wind films and check out the company that I made and all the stuff that we're, that we're creating, come and support us and, uh, make something of your own, show it to us and, and celebrate, you know, your creativeness. Oh, that's pretty cool. Thank you. Um, yeah, I love Italian. I mean, uh, pasta, pizza. Um, oh my goodness. Now you made me hungry. <laughs> that's right. I know I'm hungry all the time, but luckily I'm fed real, real well. So that's good. That's good. And if you'd like to reach the Jose show, I have a page and a group, uh, just look it up on Facebook, type in the Jose show on Twitter. It's at Jose Roldan Jr. That's at J O S E. R-O-L-D-A-N Jr. And on Instagram, I am the Jose Roldan. That's T-H-E-J-O-S-E-R-O-L-D-A-N. We were talking tonight with Justin Joseph Hall. Um, I appreciate him being on the show and taking the time out of his busy schedule uh, to talk to us tonight. Thank you very much, Joseph. Thanks, Jose. I mean, you're always a great conversation, so I appreciate it. Thank you. And please remember to share this with your friends, family, and your enemies because they may <laughs> never be your enemies anymore. Right, Joseph? <laughs> That's right. All right. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to The Jose Show. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. And see you next time on The Jose Show. <laughs>